8.17. It's a sad day, not a moment of joy, nor of celebration. European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker's lament as EU leaders finally put together their side of the divorce bill with the UK on Sunday. They, they agreed what actually has caused a lot of turmoil within Britain. What awaits Prime Minister Theresa May is a tough battle on the home front as Brexit slated for March 29th. In the meantime, we've seen Eurosceptic Italy first battle with the EU over its expansionary budget draft, but then appear to back down. Let's bring in Dr John Whitaker from the Economics Department at Lancaster University in the UK. And uh, good morning to you from Seoul. Yes, hello. I mean, f- first of all, when we see a statement like this from President Jean-Claude Juncker, is that deliberate PR almost? Is he playing down the celebration from the EU's point of view so as to not uh, effectively fuel further discontent in the, in the UK? I think that's a lot of it, yes. At the same time, I think they are genuinely concerned about some country like Britain leaving. Britain's a large part of the European Union. It really does dent their enthusiasm whether a country like Britain leaves. And, of course, you mentioned Italy. I mean, if Italy left the euro, that would be um, another very serious, seriously damage the European project. So they are genuinely concerned. At the same time, I think that they are trying to make the point that having done all this negotiation, there is no way that the uh, thing could be opened up again. And that's the, that's the story that Mrs. May has agreed with all those guys that, that has to be told that there will be no possibility of opening up the deal and that's when she comes back to Britain then to sell it on that basis that there's no kind of negotiation any further you've got to accept this one and it's a very good deal it's the best one we could get blah blah and that's where we stand at the moment but yeah. it's not going down well as I'm sure you're aware well and one can understand because it's difficult to imagine how both sides can be happy Mr Juncker saying it's the only deal possible and Prime Minister May saying that it provides a brighter future for Britain. Well, Someone's yeah, not mean, um, entirely genuine. True, if, it were, if it were true that this is going to be a brighter future for Britain, well, maybe she'd have a lot less trouble in, in selling it. But, I mean, I'm sure we get onto this, but the, there are a lot of problems with the thing. And um, many, many of our parliamentarians have now uh, reached that conclusion. Even the, the, the BBC, our broadcast, British Broadcasting Corporation, has, has come to the conclusion that there are some problems there. Uh, and if they can see the problems, there must be some problems. Yeah, I mean, the BBC is hardly in the government's pocket, but at the same time, um, it's very hard to find anybody that's, you know, full-fledged Brexit is a wonderful idea. What is the main problem with the withdrawal agreement itself, though? Oh, well, um, again, I I don't quite know where to start on this. It's the... It's the fact that, uh, I mean, they sum up the problem. We're likely to be stuck in a customs union uh, and most of the rules of the single market indefinitely. Uh, um, you know, it's all tied up with this Irish border thing. But even before we get to the Irish border problem, we are in a so-called transition period from 29th of March next year. And the point of that transition period is supposed to be so that we can then negotiate a free trade deal with the European Union and hopefully with other countries as well, like the Southeast Asian countries like yourselves. That would be very nice to have a deal with Korea. But we won't have a chance of doing that at all whilst we stay 
stay in the customs union. We stay in the customs union until the end of the transition period, and then perhaps, if they let us, we can have trade deals with them and others. But that's the biggest problem. Uh, the way it's phrased at the moment, that we can't get out of the customs deal while we're in the transition period. But even after we come out of that, they are now talking about keeping us in a, a further um, position of, of not being able to do anything because of the Irish border problem. It's up to the European Union to agree that we can actually get out of this um, backstop, this extra customs union. And that they will only uh, deem that possible when they say that we have done sufficient work to get over this problem of having a so-called hard border on, on, the, on the island of Ireland. And, uh, you know, there are many technical solutions which apparently can get over that problem. It, it seems to me it's, it's, um, it's a spurious argument. It's been brought in right from the beginning. To, uh, and the British government has accepted all this as a main argument. In, in fact, what we should have done is start with a trade agreement and then see what one has to do about the Irish border. But it's all been done backwards. And the British government's been on the back foot all the way through the negotiations. If it's so obviously flawed, what are the chances of members of parliament providing the necessary support for this? I think it's very small. Even today, uh, Mrs. May apparently was going around trying to persuade some more members of this parliament to support this thing. And she's going on a crusade around the country trying to drum up support for the next two weeks. Uh, I've heard no opinions at all which might suggest that she has any chance of making this work. It's rather bleak then. Uh, if she fails to attract support from a, a sufficient number of MPs, what then happens in your best well, estimation? Well, if you get support and if the thing is passed, if the withdrawal agreement is passed, then it's ratified on the 29th of March. We leave the European Union in name, uh, but uh, we are stuck with most of what's in the European Union at the moment. Uh, and the biggest problem is that the new agreement has no exit clause like uh, the one we've used to get out of it now. There's no such exit clause, so uh, we're stuck in these arrangements indefinitely. It's a step backwards. Uh, when, uh, when the British population comes to realise exactly what's going on here, I think there'll be a great deal of anger. Well, there already uh, is uh, anger four. among You're a significant gone. number of the Remainers, and there are a few Leavers who seem to have joined that camp. It's, 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 it's very much a grey area when we try to assess the post-Brexit polls, uh, and we would really need another Brexit referendum to get a true picture. Do you see that happening? Oh, yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't pay much attention to any polls. It's impossible for pollsters to get any sensible answers now because we don't know what questions to ask because we don't know what the possibilities are. If we come to the vote in two weeks' time and it's voted out by Parliament, then nobody quite knows what will happen after that. Um, I've got my own views as to what what would be the best thing to happen, but the, the Remainers would prefer to have a, a referendum and get, they might have a chance of getting back in. I think that's a bit of a slim one. But that's been thrown as, a, as another possibility. Um, the, the, the Leavers would prefer, or some Leavers would prefer, to go right through to March without an agreement. Um, and then we just continue trading and dealing with... I don't think the sky is going to fall down if we end up at 29th of March with no, no agreement. Things will carry on. Uh, but then there's, there's some severe negotiations to be done. But even if we stick with the agreement, there's severe negotiations to be done in the next uh, few years anyway. 
quick question on Italy. How does that situation yeah. play into the overall picture right now? The BBC are reporting Italy looks set to defuse the row with the EU after this uh, period of defying Brussels over its high spending budget. Uh, you know, you know the, the, the two leaders, Mr. Salvini and Mr. De Maio, have made some more softer comments just today or yesterday uh, to say that, well, uh, you know, this this 2.4% budget deficit, it might be a bit different from that. Uh, uh, Mr. De, no, Mr. Salvini, Mr. Mr. De Maio has said, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk nicely to our friends in the Commission, but of course we're going to stick with our incomes policy and our pensions arrangements, which will be a big call on the budget. But we'll, 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 we'll be nice to them now. And suddenly that's uh, made the Italian stock exchange rise by 3% today. Uh, it, it's remarkable how a couple of unscripted remarks like that can have such an effect on the markets. Um, there are huge stakes at play here. Uh, uh, if the confrontation continues, then the yields on Italian government debt is likely to rise further, uh, at which point the continuation of the of, of sustainability of, of Italian government debt becomes into doubt. Um, raising yields further, and then they really can't pay their bills anymore. They won't be able to borrow properly on the markets. And the European Union side are very frightened of uh, Italy ending up up like Greece, where they really need a a bailout, but there's not enough money to bail out Italy because it's a very much larger economy. That's a trouble. Dr. Whitaker, thank you. Thank you.